0: time to talk about some American principles of justice that maybe will help us to take a look at some of the kingdom's principles. For you see, in our system of justice, we have either a judge or jury who are to be the triers of fact. The judge is trained to know what evidence is admissible and not admissible and to decide what the facts ought to be and then render a decision in a jury's Situation the jury is to listen to the evidence Based on what is allowed to enter in as evidence They are warned not to discuss the case and not to decide the facts and the rectitude of either side until all the evidence is heard. We kind of naturally, we always have to remind people of that because it oftentimes is our tendencies to jump to conclusions. So much so that trial lawyers are aware of this, especially plaintiffs and somewhat defense lawyers, because they know that if they make an excellent opening statement, and an opening statement includes no evidence at all it's just what i'm going to prove to you a lot of times the juries won't jump to conclusions before having heard the evidence. i want you to think of that as we go through some of the kingdom principles that we're going to take a look at today and in matthew chapter 7 starting with verse 12, I'm sorry, verse 1. It's coming towards the conclusion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It is part of a whole sermon. It is not so we're dissecting piece by piece, but you got to remember that it is in a whole context. And in that whole context, Jesus has given us other kingdom principles. One of the kingdom principles he's given us is that if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. We usually don't want to hear that. We want to hear about how God is merciful to us, but may he you know, wring the neck of the people that we don't like. And now Jesus is going to talk about another kingdom principle that a lot of people, including people who don't attend church and people who don't consider themselves Disciples, as a matter of fact, don't even believe that there is a God heard of this kingdom principle, and quite frankly, misapply it. And so I'm going to say something today. That either you're going to violate this scripture. Or you're going to say, hmm, let me consider it. Or, hmm. Hmm maybe he's right let me think about it some more or whatever so now without to pique your interest it says this do not judge so that you will not be judged straightforward don't judge so that you will not be judged now let me tell you what this scripture isn't it isn't a sword what do i mean by a sword because you will hear a lot of people tell you who are you to judge me which i find interesting because by the mere fact of saying who are you to judge me they've judged that you judge judged them they've rendered a decision or they will say you christians are a bunch of hypocrites or you're you just need a crutch, or you're simpletons that you just need something to hold on to to explain life because it's just a typical. They make all of these decisions about who we are, and yet they will say, Who are you to judge me? And because we hear that, we see this, we go, ooh. I shouldn't judge. The word judge does not mean in this instance discernment. If it did, if it meant discernment, then Jesus would have put us on a real difficult corner of dilemma because there are times that Jesus tells us beware of false prophets. Well, how can you tell a false prophet is a false prophet unless you made a judgment that he's a false prophet? Later, we're going to talk about next time. Jesus is going to tell us don't give things that are holy to dogs and pearls to the of swine. Which means you have to render a decision who are dogs and who are swine. He's not saying that we're not to be critical and, and check out what things are. We are to be as wise as servants but as dust. Judging here is both a judgmental attitude and condemnation. I find you guilty. So when he says, do not judge, he's saying, do not find people guilty for you will be found guilty. And then he follows by with the kingdom principles of this, for in the same way you judge, you will be judged, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. That's why I'm telling you, it is not a sword. It is not a way of saying, well, who are you to judge me? It is a warning to me to make sure I don't judge condemning people and have a judgmental attitude. Because by my judgmental attitude, I will then be judged by a judgmental attitude. When I find no mercy, I will receive no mercy. When I expect high standards of justice, then I will be given high standards of justice. By the same measure, that is how it's going to be. So my advice to you. If you're a grandparent you'll understand this analogy if you're not it's the best one i got when my first grandchild was born we would go out to dinner and everybody in the family would just look at him it's kind of like what do we do before he was born because we were all just in wrapped in the attention of him and if other babies cried in the restaurant, I would be irritated. Just shut that brat up. Can't you see that I am in trying to enjoy my dinner with my family? But if my grandchild shot not cried, or maybe he needed his back change. Or maybe he's hungry. Or maybe he just needs to be held more. You see, I was always finding reasons why he was acting the way he was but I gave nobody else the same latitude. So my advice to you is to judge people like your grandchildren. There must be a reason. Now, I want us to take a look at judgment because it is something very important. So I want you to turn to Romans chapter 2. And it says this, Therefore you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment. For in that which you judge another, you condemn yourselves. For you who judge, practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose that this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things, and do the same thing yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God. A lot of times when we're passing condemnation, judgment, we are guilty of the same thing. And as a matter of fact, oftentimes people who will judge us for certain things will do, will project upon us their actions. So when we are considering these matters, we need to understand there, but for the grace of God, go I. And in my condemnation of the other, am I practicing the same thing? Oftentimes, the harshest critics are the people who practice the same things. And God is saying, you will not escape judgment when you do the things that you are condemning others for. And let's face it, we're all sinners. No one does good. No one is righteous. Paul in Romans goes on to discuss it, and it says this in Romans chapter 14, starting with verse 10. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? You see, here, here's that judgmental attitude. It isn't, oh, my brother is weak and it has a problem. It's no, I view my brother with contempt. How dare he or she do those things? Why do you do your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each one of us will give an account of himself to God. That's scary. Because I know what I've done. And most of it you don't know because I'm still standing here. I will give an account to God. And you will give an account to God. So when it says, by the same measure you will be judged, it's in your best interest to go there saying, I was nothing but merciful. So when I give an account, yeah, you're right, God. I Yeah, you're right, God, I'm good. Yeah, you're right, God, I'm good. But I'm looking for your mercy, not your justice, because I gave mercy and not justice. But I have to render an account to God. That's why when Jesus gave the advice that we saw several weeks ago about when someone's taking you to court to make friends with them before you get there, do that with God. Because in a human court, you may end up having to spend a lot of money or go to jail. God has the power to throw a person into hell. It's serious. And in case... You thought Paul just kind of messed up at that one time. Second Corinthians tells us the same thing in chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one of them may be recompensed, that means faithful, for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or that. yes we will go to heaven based on the sacrifice of Jesus and yes we are righteous because of his sacrifice but there is an accounting that is mandated I gave you the gift of teaching what did you do with it I gave you the gift of music. What did you do with it? I gave you the gift of love. What did you do with it? I gave you the gift of being able to make money. What did you do with it? We will be rendering an accounting whether we've done it well or poorly. 1 Corinthians, Paul talks about being judged and others judging. And starting with verse 3 in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, which is a little ahead of where I put it. But to me it is a very small thing that I may be examined by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even examine myself. For I am conscious of nothing against myself, yet I am not by this acquitted that sometimes we can deceive ourselves. But the one who examines me is the Lord. And that's the principle that we need to understand about condemning. It is God's place to judge God's people, not us. God called you. God gifted you. God holds you to account and not me. And not your brother or sister. Therefore, Do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the things hidden in the darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. This is telling us that there will come a time when we will judge. And chapter 6. 1 uh, Corinthians, it also says this in verse 2 and 3. Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law force? Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? These two verses tell us two things, it's not time to render judgment now, it's like I shared as an example of American justice, it is the job of the judge or the jury to listen to all the evidence. During this lifetime all the evidence has not been presented. And so, therefore, it is too early for us to render judgment. This principle, you can see, as far back in Genesis. When God, talking to Abram, promises him the land. But God said this, But the iniquity of the people who are living in the land has not yet been completed. God says it's not time to render judgment. But there will be a time. And for those who study the Old Testament, and especially the prophets, and when God renders judgment against nations, he does so and usually almost always follows it up with so that they may know that I am the Lord God. He renders judgment. For a purpose so we are going to be judges we are going to judge the world and we're going to judge angels just not now when he comes when all the facts will be revealed all the intentions in the heart will be revealed when all the evidence is done then we will render judgment until then Be discerning, but not condemning. So parents, I'll tell you a story. There was this little kid who lived across the street. And wanted to play with my brother. And my mom had two rules before that kid goes. It was if you're playing and the kid shows up, go home. And if you go there and the kid's there, you go home. And other parents would say to my mom, But I feel sorry for the little kid. And my mother says, I feel sorry for him too but I'm not going to let him ruin my child. So we need to be discerning but not necessarily condemning. There is a difference. We need to know those who practice evil and those who don't. We need to be discerning and if you're told who are you to judge me well I'm a sinner saved by grace I don't judge you now but there may come a time but now is not the time and now is not the place because so often when people say who are you to judge me Because they want to do what they're doing. Fine. But I can disapprove of what you're doing without condemning you. See all love the sinner but hate the sin. Some statements are still true. So wait until the proper time And Paul's argument here is, the problem is, in this group, is that brother was taking brother to court. And Paul's going, wait a minute, why are you going to court? If you're going to one day judge the world and judge angels, can't you handle smaller matters? Like whether brother A owes brother B five bucks or not. He's not saying stay out of the deciding business. Stay out of judgmentalness. So, remember the principle of the kingdom. Don't condemn. The measurement that you use in deciding things should always be with mercy and love. Because that's what we want in return. Jesus is going to continue his sermon and give another analogy I think this is a great one because we all believe and understand that Jesus was the son of a carpenter. So he probably made tables and chairs and did whatever other carpenters did. And then he says in this, why are we judging and don't judge? He says in verse 3, why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye? For instance, a little piece of sawdust. It gets in people's eyes. Why do you look at that little sawdust speck in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Now, this is hyperbole, but it's a great analogy. Can you, you can picture this big two-by-four sticking out of this guy's eye, trying to get the little sawdust out of another person's eye. Jesus says, why are you doing that? And all too often, in our being critical of other people, we never see our own faults. And all too often, the fault of our brothers is sawdust compared to the beam that is in our eye. But notice what Jesus says. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take out the speck out of your eye, and behold, the log is in your own eye. You hypocrite. You play actor. You phony. Now you would think he would stop there and say, so don't do that. But notice what he says. First, take the log out of your own eye. So step one, get rid of your problems. Get rid of those things that affect your sight. Those things that determine what's right and what's first. So that you may be able to see. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Notice Jesus doesn't say, Well, you've got a log, he's got a speck, we all got problems. He says, Take action first, not with your brother, fix yourself first, then help your brother. But usually when we hear the, who are you to judge me? Well, then we do nothing. I need to be the person who sees clearly. After seeing clearly, then I can help you. But notice, it's my brother. We're all too quick to try to fix the world. First, let us fix us, and let us fix each other. They won't let God fix the world. Because only He can do it anyway. I wish this were complicated. So I could preach for a whole lot longer. But it ain't. It's very simple. Don't be judgmental and don't condemn. When you are taking a look and discerning things, do so with a heart of compassion and mercy. That you're judging your brother takes the place of God. And God doesn't like to have his place taken from. God is God and you're not. God called each of us, and we are responsible to him. You're not responsible to me. You're not responsible to the person you're sitting next to. You're not responsible to the people in the back or in the front. You're responsible to God, and you will give an account. And as such, we should stop thinking You are accountable. But in case you think that's an easy standard. I give a break to my grandkids. God gives a break to you because you're his children. You're not my children. For his children. And we should let God be God and do God things and wait until all the evidence is presented. And then when God says, now is the time to judge, we judge. But until then, don't let people think that you're not allowed to come to any conclusions when it comes to right or wrong actions. As Jesus Himself calls for us to make discerning decisions about people we come in contact with, the difference is just as Jesus says, Who is here to condemn you? No one. Neither do I. I don't exist to approve or condemn. I'm simply a fellow servant. And as such, we're in this together. We're in it to help each other. But first, see clearly. Then take action. We're going to sing as our invitation song, our song of reflection, Hosanna. And in it, it talks about, that may I love the way you love me. May I have a heart that breaks for what breaks your heart. May we so identify with God, giving love and mercy is not an act of thought but an act of who you are my job is not to be critical of you my job is to love you and all God's people said stand with me as we pray